Hi there. Welcome back to Pour Me a Glass podcast. This is Feli. And this is Annabelle. And this week we're spilling the tea on anything capitalism.、Uh, we're starting off with talking about hustle culture and perfectionism, which we talked a lot about last time.、Um, going into slow and fast culture, and honestly, just a whole ass rant about corporations, nepotism, <laughs> American capitalism, and how. Asian Americans are placed in it, as well as like the whole girl boss culture and literally all things. Honestly, very chaotic episode. As usual. As usual. Yeah. yeah. You know, as usual, we we take a lot of detours there. Exactly. But we talk about a lot.、Yes. This is an important so, one. You know, let's let's just let's dive into it. My friend told me the other day that. Mercury was in retrograde, and it ended on June twenty first. And before that, it was just like so many, so much shit happened. Like I couldn't even update you on everything because it was just like back to back to back, just like shit happening in my life. And I was just like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like hit、oh、my, my life. Like, but then after my friend told me that, we we're just like, "Oh, that's fine." Like, there's a reason why. Shit is happening, and Dude, wanna, my luck is like, so bad. Astrology so bad. It like seems so interesting, but there's so much stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know if I like fully believe in it. I'm sure there's like a lot of science behind like astronomy in general, right? But yeah, astrology is definitely yeah, more. I don't know if I believe in all of it. I don't know. Like, I just think it's nice sometimes to look at stuff like that and be like. <laughs> Oh wow! Sometimes it's <laughs> nice to blame the external world, but also to look at CoStar. <laughs> oh my god! Did you hear? Apparently, CoStar is like a very terrible app. I did not know that. Oh my! Wait, do you not have it? No, I do have it. Oh, we were friends on it, Feli. I know. I was like, I'm sure we've checked this multiple times. <laughs> we did. We a hun. I know we a hundred percent did. But that's okay. Sometimes, I don't like check it every day. It's just like they're kind of sassy, and it's kind of funny sometimes to just like look at it when you're bored. Astrology got such a big trend this year, this past year、yeah. too. Like so many people got into it, and part of it I think it's like a cultural appropriation thing because astrology is taken super seriously in some cultures.、Yeah. Like, have you watched Indian matchmaking? <laughs> I have not. Oh my god, it's the funniest thing! But it actually like teaches you a lot about like what like marriage is like in India and how like seriously they take that and like astrology is such a big part of it as well. And so it's just like interesting to see like a whole industry backed by astrology, basically. You know what? I'd I'd want to get a professional reading on like. I know.、That. I think that would be so fun. I just want to. I want to know. Anyway, so off topic. So off topic. <laughs> This is not capitalism. Well, I think to start off, we talked a lot about perfectionism and just like how we got to where we are in terms of like study and career-wise, and I think a lot of it is affected by capitalism in the states. But for you personally, like, what does hustle culture have affected you? Throughout the years, like how has that, yeah, how has that affected you, like in school and your job and anything? I, I feel like I don't hustle as hard in school. Like, 
I mean, Holly knows. She lived with Period. me. Period. <laughs> Period. I really don't hustle at school. Like, Totally fair. Yeah, I don't know what it is about like working that just feels so different to me. But like when it comes to working, I've noticed that like I try so much harder. I mean, like even now, I was just telling Feli earlier that like I picked up a second job, which is incredibly dumb. My internship's unpaid, and I was like, I need to make some money. So instead of going to the internship and being like, um, you know, I'd like some compensation, my solution. <laughs> was to find another job which is crazy i totally get that though i don't have the time for this but no no like i was like i'm gonna make the time so i like essentially i think i'm gonna be pulling 56 hour weeks which is absolutely gross (laughs) clearly i don't have a lot of boundaries with myself when it comes to like how many hours here we are again back to square one for a literally well i also like worked throughout school which um yeah taken a lot of time and like understand how you did that to be honest i honestly don't know either but i was also in the mindset where it's like oh it's fine like it's nice to like earn this additional money that i can save up for later and even this summer like i definitely shouldn't have worked the last summer of my free time and my free years but i still do and sometimes i'm like fuck like i should have taken this like i always want to line bed and watch tv all day but part of me is like but it's worth it yeah. <laughs> for the money. and when something is like offered to you it's so hard to like say no because you're like there's money in that and i could use exactly. that exactly i think that's a fucking problem though like we would do anything for money buy self-care buy mental health like, but when you don't have money it's also like problematic because you're like oh like shit like what am i supposed to do now and i think that's the main yeah thing about the u.s in general and hustle culture in the u.s is that like you yeah. can achieve anything without money but you also earn that money and you don't have time to do anything like time and career it's always kind of related to each other and dependent on one another. It's kind of like a compromise, right? Like, you lose an hour, you earn less money, so you're yeah. like, shit, I can't go to this brunch It's like, now. what is that term in econ called? Opportunity cost? Oh my god, opportunity cost. Oh my god, I can't believe I remembered that. I was so shit at econ. <laughs> oh my god, it's like <laughs> the graph where it's like, you're clearly losing yeah, 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 in yeah. some sort of Something. game here, so. Yeah, it's not about like what you gain, it's about like the like, the loss, I guess. But, I don't know, I think I, I like, I really hate that I would do anything for money. Like, not anything, I, know. I guess, but. We both need to, like, work on this so bad. Yeah. Like, I I wish I could just be, like, yeah, no, I'm going to not take that because I would like to go, like, to dinner with my friends. But I think I would feel bad the entire time I was, like, going out, like, that between in that two-hour period because I'm, like, shit, like, I can be making money right now. And, like, yeah, I don't even know how to stop that, to be honest, because I, like, how do you stop that mindset of, like, like, I shouldn't I shouldn't just be like chilling because um in the same frame of time that I'm just like sitting down like doing nothing I can be like making money and like the thought that my being is like here but like and I could be working but I'm not is like honestly it's terrifying I don't know I 
feel like part of it is yes, we do need to draw boundaries, and we talk about this in like our previous episodes all the time. Like we need to draw boundaries for ourselves and like take care of ourselves and do the things that we want to do. But at the same time, we went to school and we grew up in this culture where it's like your success and your self worth is all defined by how much you're working, how much, how many jobs you have, like what kind of job you have, what's your title. I think our parents value that a lot too. So it kind of, yeah, I feel like like our parents, like they honestly value that a lot. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how they see your success. Like, because essentially we're their investment. If you like really think about it, they put like a shit ton of money into us and they're like, okay, like now you got to turn some work out because we did all this like investing in you. But how do they measure that investment? By what kind of fucking job you get and like what company you work at? Like I feel like, you know, if that like has been our standard our entire lives, like how are we supposed to know anything else at this point? Me and Anna were talking about this because we were watching Damon Dominique's video about just like his life in Paris. And it was just like Which like oh, highly, highly recommend Red Wine Talks. <laughs> he's yeah he's very like he's amazing like it's it's very crazy to see like he's just so creative in the way he edits and there's like depth to his videos like you're not just watching pure art cinematic whatever experience his he has like very interesting points and i really admire the fact that like man was just like fuck it i'm gonna go to paris and he actually went because i know i couldn't have done that no yeah actually the capitalism podcast i sent you this morning like like NPR had just like randomly and it was like such a coincidence because we were recording this episode something that mentioned I thought was interesting is that in Denmark 86% of the population believes that most people can be trusted and in the US it's 58% in 2020 so that just shows that like how distrustful the state is in terms of like our culture and capitalistic society that this is No, absolutely. And I think how, like, everybody is so, like, aware of everybody else. You know how, like, in the business school, they're, like, everybody's a snake. Like, you can't trust no one because, like, you all want the same internships and you all want to, you know, go make some money in corporate America. So I guess, like, I can can definitely see where that comes from. But it's so different. Like, watching Damon's life in Paris. No, I just am confused. Wow, everybody just be chilling. How that, like differs in europe and the u.s yeah right like how we ended up today so story time i lived in paris for a little bit in freshman year summer for like a month i mess up when i worked there too at a company and honestly i could first handedly tell how different the whole like every single aspect of like culture and society was in europe so for example Everyone took like two hour lunch breaks at like fancy restaurants because they were like, yeah, this is just like part of my day. This is as important as me sitting in the office and working. And every single person did that. No one cared whether you're meeting a friend for lunch. When I think in the US, it's like, we have to go get our sweet green salad that's like $20 and then go back to work in 30 minutes and eat at your desk. Isn't that just crazy? the comparison between like the two can you imagine like going to your boss and you're like actually i don't i'd be stressed out of my mind today so you can expect me back 
Yeah, so, like, see you in two hours, bro. You'd be fired instantly, I feel like. They'd be like, okay, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. Also, like, the work hours are literally, like, 10 to 4, and they take two-hour lunch breaks. So work days are, like, four hours because, like, bro. they value work-life balance. Like, work is not life there. They take month vacations because that's the norm. Like, they want you to actually enjoy your that's breaks. That's crazy. What a concept. I feel like that's such a foreign concept to us that, like, when we hear it, we're just like, wow, how do they live? You know, I feel like all these U.S. companies say they care about, like, work-life balance. And, Holy like, they're fuck, trying yeah. to be better with, like, maternity leave and paternity leave. But- oh, these companies recently have, like, hired, like, diversity inclusion officers, mental health officers whatever and implemented programs to compensate your therapy but it's like why is that even something that you have to advocate for in the first place like why is paternity leave not a given exactly because i just feel like we've kind of trained ourselves to dedicate like our entire life to like the workforce so at a certain point it's it's like what can you kind of do to remedy that? Because, like, we don't know how to remedy that anymore. And it's crazy that, like, we're like, wow, it's so innovative that, you know, they're even beginning to consider. Oh, my God, so true. We're like, yes, like, this time. is a place I want to be at. Yeah. And it's like we almost have to fight for kind of, which, like, you know what? Like, I, I, I totally understand because I guess we're so replaceable to them. Like, mm-hmm. if we say no. Like, there's always going to be, like, a huge long line behind, like, whoever the employee is. Because, like, as a whole, we're so obsessed with, like, the job and the title. And, like, if you don't want to do it, someone else is always going to want to want to do it. So we don't feel like we're in a place where we can step out of it and just say, like, hey, like, you know, I just don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like, you can't afford to not be a part of this anymore. Like, you still need to live. So... Like, what are we, like, what, what are we supposed to do? Like, it just sucks all around, I guess. Yeah, it just honestly sucks as. Also, I think in a lot of countries, like in Europe, for example, money is kind of seen as this, like, means to get somewhere and to achieve yeah, something. Yeah, for us, it's so, like, we need to hoard wealth. That's the end goal. invest it, and we need to, like, make sure this money is, like, working for us. No, definitely. I feel like Europe has like such a like a different sense of like money and work, all of that. Like then I think I feel like China and the U.S. are very similar in that sense. Where like I think Asia as well. Japan has like the crazy like work culture. I think Taiwan is similar in a way where like at least Asian like parents who have kids in the U.S. like. They are in that mindset because they have to keep up with, like, the U.S. pace in terms of, like, earning money to send pe- their kids to universities and making sure their kids can sustain themselves afterwards. But we're all, like, so grown up in the mindset where, like, we need to have this luxurious lifestyle and no matter That's how much a... money we earn, we're, we're never going to get there. But there's it's obviously studies goal. that were shown that it's, like, as long as you make like seventy five thousand dollars a year i think then after that it kind of plateaus. yeah we, like, we just learned about it in our oam class 
But like you, th- you hit a certain point in a salary. Learning this in the business yeah. school, which honestly I feel like as she, even as she was saying it, nobody in the class was like retaining that information as like, oh, like there's a minimum, like not a minimum, but like people were not thinking it, of it in the sense where like, you know, maybe salary is the biggest focus. I think everybody in that class was still like, I want to have a hundred k job. Like that's my ultimate goal. Like I want to. Yeah, that's gonna. Ch- that's not gonna change no, your mind. No. no. No, it's definitely not. Going back to slow and fast culture again, I think for indefinite Paris, having a job in the arts, like being a writer, being an artist. That's like respect. And I could be generalizing this, so definitely take this for the grain of salt. But from what I have seen, like that those jobs are respected. Culture, art is respected in a lot of European countries when like in the States, like there's barely any art museums and it kinda of pisses me off because it's like that's completely dismissed. Like, the artist is completely dismissed. People just don't, yeah, they don't take it as seriously here. Because, especially, like, in, I feel like in the U.S., it's... Because it doesn't earn yeah, you like the in money. The US, it's still, like, a little more accepted because it's the art. Like, if you tell your parents in China and you're like, I would like to pursue an art career, like, they're going to laugh in your face. Like The question is always is, how are you going to make money, though? Like, that's really cool, but... How are you going to make money? How are you making money? <laughs> Like, I think we got, we, like, started this mindset so young because we get asked so young, like, what what are you going to do for work? Like, God, I'm, like, eight years old, man. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do for work. Like, honestly, <laughs> all I care about, I think, at that point was, like, how long my fucking recess was going to be. Like, I don't really give a shit. But they ask you. So you start to, like, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know like exactly how it got imprinted into me or like how it got to the point of like where it is today but I I definitely do think that the fact that they start asking you so early and they start giving like their input um about your job like whatever option you give them they'll be like hmm I don't know maybe you should reconsider that that doesn't earn enough money that's yeah and like listening to our parents talk with their friends about like work and stuff I think it definitely put us like in a mindset where it's like like you need to pursue something that can sustain you in the future and what can sustain you (laughs) i think even just like in the business school right everything relating to like finance consulting they're all praised upon because somehow somehow they're paid more than people who do actual work relating to like the arts and stuff and I think it's just, like, the system that was built. Yeah. I feel like people really look down in marketing. I always feel, like, so weird. Like, oh, like, what do you do in the business? What am I marketing? But also, I'm also doing consulting. I know. And I don't really understand. Like, I've always, like, battled with this in my head. Like, why is marketing something that's looked down upon? Or even, like, any college majors, a lot of it is looked down upon. Yeah. And I don't really understand why. Because, like... You need those, like, skills to get through yeah, life. Yeah, and like, you need the creatives. There's so much value in learning about culture and the creatives. I don't know why. It's just, like, the society makes it that way, too. Yeah. Like, the highest-paying jobs are those jobs. So, obviously, people are, are... You're more likely to go pursue those things, which, like, is exactly. understandable. But, like, everybody's like, oh, my God, like, you're investment banking. You must be so smart. And, like... Yeah, like, they are smart, but like, what's wrong with marketing? 
I don't I don't know. Like, why is there this rank weird ass? Dude, there is a ranking. I hate to say it, but there is a ranking. Like, we, it's so funny how we all like avoid it. There's like, oh my god, like everybody's like cool. Like your major doesn't define you. It's totally okay. It's whatever you choose. But at the same time, it's like investment banking, consulting. I think I went through that whole phase last summer because um, I was like, I need to go to consulting. I need to go do consulting because that's gonna make me more money that's gonna give me like a 90k starting salary when I'm done with college and I was like fuck maybe I should just switch that and then you know what like I don't like it as much like marketing is just what I like and I just hate that there's like a connotation of oh like you go to marketing because you've kind of failed at every other aspect there is like, it's, like, the bottom of the ladder. And, like, if you've fallen far enough, you latch onto there instead because that's, like, the last path you can take. But there are some of us that like it. <laughs> How upsetting to my self-esteem. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, you know Please. what? I chose not to do investment banking. Like, there's a reason why I chose not to. Yeah. And Nothing to be ashamed about. Fuck capitalism. Yeah. Fuck every... Ugh. Tricky and annoying. It's just... No, it is. It's so, like, it's so hard to, like, even get out of, like, the rut because, like, all of us are so a part of it, even if we don't want to be a part of it. Like, like I'm not going to lie and say that after college, if some, like, big-ass company offers me a job, I'm not going to take it. Like, I would just be a straight-up lie. Well, part of it is, like, oh, I'll just sacrifice a few years and do other things later on, but capitalism, like, keeps you in that loop. It keeps you in that loop. It like traps you, and then I think once you get the taste of like making money, once like, you get a like, sixty, you like shit, missed out my whole life, selling yeah. my soul. <laughs> Everything is so monetized, like even just like love, like dating apps, affection, feminism. Every single thing in the U.S. is monetized if you think about it. Everything can be marketed. Yeah. Here we go, marketing scheme all over again. Yeah. The US is a marketing a scheme in itself. <laughs> the American dream? What the fuck? <laughs> we literally talked about it in the first episode. It's so funny. No, I think a lot of companies hop on to like these trends. It's I think it's very difficult at this point to to decipher like what a company's intentions are behind things they promote because like you know, you would like to believe that they actually care about change and they care about whatever movement they're standing behind and whatever profit they're donating isn't just like a tax write-off. But at the same time, like, it's really hard to believe that people are just like, you know, are actually advocating for these things because they believe in them. Like, it's, I feel like it's more so like if they didn't advocate, like they'd be losing on a huge portion of sales. So they're like, hmm, it's time to do, it's, it's, it's time. It's time to do some, like, supporting, but, yeah, I just feel like it also made us so pessimistic in the sense of, like, I, I don't even know, like, what their intentions are. No matter how, like, woke and transparent these companies brand themselves at, and I believe, like, a lot of small businesses are actually doing the work to be the best that they can to market products that are driven to their mission and making sure that consumers are getting like putting their money in the right places but at the same time they're in the u.s at the end of the day like they're pleasing investors they're pleasing their consumers and they always have to have profits like even the company i've been working at the main kind of reason i wanted to work there is because like 
they wanted to empower like small businesses and i believe that they do that like after being here for like almost two years right but at the same time we always have to talk about like are you are we making money though like are we looking at profits are we like maximizing profit margins at these places yeah and i feel like at that like your company is very progressive already it seems like they care more than like the average big corporation in america and i think it's normal to have these conversations of like oh like as a business like we need to make money and like we need to kind of have those profit margins but i think when it becomes problematic is like when you kind of piggyback on these movements that are not very that are not meant to empower you and like you piggyback on them and you kind of just like suck them dry and you're like ah, okay like i'm done with using that now we definitely saw so <laughs> many of that during black lives matter movement last year there's so many companies who are just like yeah. called out and exposed because it was just so obvious they were doing it performatively it was just so to satisfy their followers yeah, like their page or like whatever marketing channel they choose to take is all about like we care and we, we you know this movement is so like it's so close to our hearts or whatever and then all of a sudden um like employees would be exposing how they treat them and it's terrible to read about because it's like like how as like you know it's I think it's hard for me to even imagine like as a management person like how do they how are they so okay with what they do like do they even see their workers as human beings or is it just like disposable machines and like if you don't work yeah that's fine I'll just grab another one like from the stock room because there's so many people like wanting to be a part of the cycle, I think. And then we talked about Girl Boss before, like Sophia Omaruso, and I know like when she got really big back in the days for Nasty Gal, like she also stepped down as CEO, and they were accused of mistreating a lot of out of their woman employees. Oh yeah, as well. and yeah, and it's just so ironic because she built this whole brand on like Girl Boss, like empowering women in the workplace, but then yeah. She couldn't even treat her own employees right. Yeah, and I thought, like, you know, at the same time, sometimes, like, I wonder, like, do these people, like, all of these big, like, CEOs, like, are they the real problem? Or is it that when they've stepped into that, like, position of power, they find it, like, so difficult to refuse, like, the temptations of, like, all of this money and, like, all of the stuff they can build? Because, like, I don't want to excuse their behavior because it's fucking terrible that the amount of wealth they hoard. But, like, I can't say that I, like, if I was in that position, I would be like, you know what? Like, let me not make this money. Let me go donate. That's, like, I, I just don't know if, if it's, like, if they're the product of the kind of mindset we've built or is it you know if or is it like they're fundamentally evil like I think that's a possibility too like sometimes I look at like all these people and I'm like maybe maybe you're just like fundamentally a little fucked up inside and that's why you're able to kind of you're kind of able to like do all the things you do but like I feel like Sophia like I'm worse like there's no way she started the whole thing to, to just like you know mistreat all her employees you know just the way the world is kind of built at this point like now it's so hard for anyone to like have integrity and like kindness when they like claw their way to the top I feel like as they're clawing their way to the top they kind of just like leave all these things because like you can't like there's no way you make it to the top with all of these like you know traits that are significantly nicer 
Yeah, and last time we talked about like the U.S. being so individualistic, and I think our institutions yeah. are just built upon this idea that like it's inevitable that these entrepreneurs and people who just wanna they start off having the best intentions, building companies that they think are doing some impact right in the country and the world. Yeah, but at the end of the day, once they get to the point where they're like earning a lot of money and they have to sustain these like. Customers and investors, and whoops, like it's gone because they're yeah. satisfying white male. Because they have to, and and they it have sucks. To. I don't know. I maybe like I I just I'd like to believe that these people started with good intentions, and it's like sort of the world that made them that way. Because I feel like you, it's kind of set up. Or, like, in the U.S., like, the work environment or, like, culture is set up in the way where, like, if you want kind of, you know, a sick, like, a good position or, like, a position that's, like, higher, like, you have to step on someone to get to that position. And I think nobody wants to step on anyone. So maybe some people do. <laughs> but We're so like oppressed people, that we have to do it at some point. Yeah, but I feel like most people are, like, kind. I'd like to believe that most people are kind and have, like a moral compass that guides them in some way i think once we enter the workforce like that it just corrupts us like i i I know that you know if i i just i don't know if i would be able to say no if i was in that position like realistically yeah and i also read about girl boss now it's kind of ironic that she has this kind of a week intensive program for Helping people building brands, oh, yeah, but we were talking and it's about that. it's called the business class, and it's two thousand dollars. I'm just like, it's insane how monetized these like and just a brand exactly. can be, and like how influencers who have like a modest following would push out courses, and you know they'd be like, here, like I'll teach you how to influence, I'll teach you how to get brand deals, and I'll teach you like, all these things, which like. I guess it's, like, resources you kind of can't get, but I think something they're forgetting is, like, the fundamental of, like, how do you get all these brand deals? You have to be, like, white. You have to be thin, and you have to be, like, conventionally attractive. Like, these are, like, your basic building blocks that if they don't exist, whatever, you know, you're selling won't work because the formula isn't correct. So no matter what you put into it, it won't really give you results unless you've had those like fundamental building blocks and the majority of us don't have those building blocks at some point they just kind of lose the main purpose of it like as i said earlier as you grow big as you get more followers and literally watching damon's video just now about how like his old youtube channel had a falling out because once they had like 1 million subscribers and they were earning the most money that they had they literally was like the most unhappy yeah and they got all these deals it takes a lot to step out of that i think to be like you know what i'm willing to give up all this money because like i'm unhappy you're in the trap at that point all your friends are doing the same thing your circle is expecting you yeah to do these it's things so too. it's so impossible to step out because like i think i would also feel guilt if my friends were all like pulling the nine to fives and like you know pulling the overtimes and if I'm like can we go get dinner they're like no we have to work like I would feel bad if I was like you know what I'm not gonna work anymore (laughs) because 
you're so a part of that environment that once you step out like you feel weird we're so expected to be able to afford this kind of lifestyle too like working nine to five to earn the money so you can go on these like expensive hangouts with people to maintain your social status and i've briefly talked to you about this how friendships look super different in east and the west and how like we can go to like trader joe's and be so happy and that was like our hangout and that's like you know it's like no big deal but a lot of people and social circles i feel like expect you to pay like 60 dollars for a dinner at this fancy place to be able to be friends with them like for the ambiance and for the instagrams you know oh it's like a depressing ass topic I, know. I don't even know how like like if there's a solution we fully it. know we're going <laughs> into it i know like we're the problem too so and like how i would obsessively like refresh linkedin oh my god like, oh my god they have all these offers i need to work i was harder. gonna say like in the u.s when we introduce ourselves we're introducing our like LinkedIn bio basically. Like, hi, I'm yes. Belly and working here. <laughs> and I'm like, I worked in the summer. I had an internship. Like, who, who the fuck is this wish... shit? Like, well, I guess all yeah, the they do that has to hire me will give a shit. But you know, at least like I'm doing something I like. I'm very grateful for the fact that like, at the very least, I'm like doing stuff I like and it's stuff I would use. But still like it's just so it's so bad weird that we're just so trapped in the cycle and like I think no matter how hard we try to kind of like distance ourselves, it just won't work because as a whole like the society's kind of like approached the point of like you know like the formula is set like you have to follow it if you don't follow it like you just get left behind like the world won't suffer any consequences they're just gonna yeah. keep going if we like started on a clean slate and we didn't know any of this stuff. Do you think you'd still be doing what you'd be doing right now? Like marketing in general yeah. or? Like do you think that's like your thing to do um, no matter like how much money you earn, any understanding of these things? I think if fashion wasn't such a toxic industry, I would yeah. have done something fashion. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. <laughs> and I think you can see that. <laughs> Oh, fashion industry, a whole other so thing. I, I don't even know how to talk about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be a part of that, I think. Like, for me, fashion, like, liking clothes is, like, it's a hobby. And I don't, I don't ever want it to be, like, a burden to me to the point where, like, I can't like it anymore. But I think I would have ended up in marketing regardless because it's, like, something I actually like. So... And it's not like I can do fucking STEM. <laughs> like, even if I wanted to be a fucking doctor, I just could not. Like, I wish, like, there are times where I kind of wish I could have done CS. I just think it's so cool and they make so much money. You, here we go again. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> what do you think? I feel like you would have ended up in art. Yeah. Or like, some form of art. I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot. I do like marketing a lot. But I don't know how I feel about the whole, like, 9 to 5 situation. And just, like, corporations just, like, piss me yeah. off sometimes. Like, I have to go to this office and, like, you just piss me off. Like, I don't know how I can survive. But I, I do like design and that's what I'm doing. So I feel like I would have ended up somewhere in design, art, oh, you're gonna stuff. you're going to have so much fun. Uh, yeah, hopefully. hopefully. 
social media is also such a big part of perpetuating capitalism. Like last week, we talked a lot about social media and influencers and pleasing this like imaginary audience that we all have. And influencers are making shit ton of money. The bank they're making is absolutely it's, incredible. Like I don't think we understand how much. I'm just money like, they where make. does this money even fucking come from? It's that, and they get sent PR packages. We don't even need to buy the things you would need to buy. Like I swear, there's a PR for everything. I feel like if you get to a certain point, like, do you even need to pay for anything anymore, or do you just get sent all of those things? It's like they don't get paid. They don't need to pay for things they do every day, and they get paid a yeah, shit ton of money. A, I personally wouldn't. Like, I think it takes a very strong stomach to handle being an influencer. Like, I personally could not. I'm so excited for a whole episode on influencers because I think it's just such a interesting space where it just reflects off all the problems that we've talked about, like perfectionism, self care. Social media, like people pleasing, like all of these shit is, and how they buy exactly. into capitalism. Like themselves. social media equals capitalism at this point. Like companies look at your social media when you're applying for jobs. Why? Don't know. I remember, like when we applied to college, like it was. Such oh a my big god! Thing. Like, delete, all like, <laughs> delete all your photos. Delete all your photos. Make yourself private. Make yourself like unsearchable on Facebook because you don't want someone, you know, catching that. But. And we were like gonna talk about like nepotism and generational wealth, which is a whole other kind of topic relating to capitalism. Like generational wealth is one of the only ways that you can even、it's、be、so、partly、crazy. wealthy or sustain yourself in the U.S. Yeah, like how do you build that kind of pool of money?、Um, and there's so much like racial, like institutionalized problems regarding that already. I don't know. Nepotism like really gets people very far, like in whatever industry you choose to be a part of. We were just talking about how we did not realize how many like nepotism Hollywood babies there are, and how like the entire Kardashian family. Well, like I guess like Chris and Kim really paved the way for them. So I guess like there is some credit in you know the kind of business mastermind or whatever they make.、Um, Not saying there's credit in how they made that money and how they essentially made money off of like women's insecurities by kind of making themselves the beauty standard. But I was watching a video on how they made their beauty standard attainable by like giving a surgical like formulaic kind of thing can follow. My fucking god! Wait, I、But、saw the picture of this girl、thing. who literally was like, "I need to look like this hourglass、yeah. body." I saw a video. No, I saw a video and that that like a part of Kim's appeal is that you can get that look if you pay for it,、uh, but that's like a whole different hill. What I was saying, I think, was like Kylie and Kendall, like they like benefited from all the work that kind of you know the family did before them, and they're like the nepotism babies. Kendall and her modeling career. Like recently, she faced so much backlash because she said keeping up with the Kardashians, like as a show, actually hindered her modeling career, and like how she actually went to every casting in New York, and it's like no shit, you went to every casting. It's kind of like yeah,、job. what? Um, I would be a little more shocked if you didn't go to those castings. And you, it, it was just so weird how her perspective was like I did the normal work and like 
you sh- you guys should praise me because I'm not like so nepo- like I'm not you know people don't prefer me because I'm in like but like girl like you give them exposure like let's be honest here she was saying how people don't take her seriously as a model and I'm like like there's so many girls who work harder oh 10 um, times 100 times harder you know yeah like book themselves in every show and probably you know have like the same kind of natural body or proportions or face or whatever the fucked up like industry standard is right now like they can have the same everything but kendall's just still gonna be more successful because even if she didn't go to those castings you know she would be fine right now <laughs> yeah like how like she's the highest paid model in 2018 like the world's highest paid model kylie too she's the youngest billionaire and she like claimed herself as like self-made yeah. like hmm where does all this money come from like how did you start your business where did the money come from like who backed you like imagine like any one of us going into an office and you're like i want to make oh lip kits like would they give you the fun to do that if you're not kind of like absolutely not like can you imagine like just going into like the boardroom and you're like um you know hi everyone today the idea i'm pitching is a lip kit it's because they also, like, the Kardashians also set that beauty standard, like you said. So it's, like, a, like desirable to have, like, lips like hers. Then she can sell these stuff. They're the brand. They are, like, the standard. Yeah, but I feel like people are kind of steering a little away from that now. But, you know, there's, like, a surge in people getting, like, BBLs, which basically is to get them to look like the kardashian figure which they stole from black women by the way i think a lot of the features they popularized they stole from like people of color and especially black women and like the culture they kind of took um it's like when they were and it's beautiful but like when black women like were literally born with it it was like not celebrated so i think there's also like that element of it like how they essentially like just stole features to make money off of. I feel like we're we're so delusioned at this point that we have this kind of obscure image and understanding of what success looks like, and it's just so wrong. And I think it's like the fact that we can even talk about this and consider this. It's like that's privileged because there's certain people who can't afford to even consider this because if they don't keep up with you know, whatever capitalism standard that is set, like, they they can't survive. So, it's, it's so, like, fucked up how they're, like, influencers or, like, people who are, you know, wealthy talking about fuck capitalism, like, crimes, like, married to Elon Musk and, like, making those videos on TikTok saying how she's, like, not into, like, she's, like, so woke or whatever. But, like, girl, like, you're married to Elon Musk. Like, tell him to redistribute some of his stuff. Like, that's so weird to me. I like the people sometimes who can even afford to talk about capitalism and, like, all of these horrible things in the street, like, usually are very privileged people that, you know, they could even afford to talk about it. But, like, do they make actual changes? Like, is Grimes influencing Elon Musk in any way? Like, no. No. Because once you get to that point, I think it's very hard to say, like, you know what? I don't want this cushy-ass lifestyle. No. You would never. <laughs> You can buy anything you want, and you're like, yeah, nah, fuck it. To be honest, probably wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, like, that's why I think it's great that we're all saying, like, fuck all these people, but at the same time, like, the system built that up, and it's 
it's hard to say that like if I was in that position I wouldn't yeah you know be just as bad because I think it's unrealistic to say that to be honest but like you can say it all you want now like in your like lower position you're like if I was rich I would donate all my income and I would do all these things but once you've kind of gotten to that point I think it's so difficult to say It's no. just kind of sad that these people with so much money and you think they have so much, like, power over, like, their assets and stuff. Like, they don't actually control their money once they make that much. Like, there's no way. Even if they have the intention to be like, I'm going to donate this, they can't because they have, what, millions of people they have to, like, take, like, depend on them now. They have to grow their businesses to please other business partners, right? Like. They're not in the position where they can just do whatever they want when they have that much money. No. No, and I don't know. I think it's just, like, a perpetuated cycle that we're kind of stuck in. And, like, I would love to know, um, like, how, like, France got to the, But, like, I, I guess it's, like, a cultural difference. So it's, it's going to be so hard for us to, like, step up. Yeah. Like, we can all get two-hour lunch breaks. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I want that so bad i think in asia we have this image of the american dream being achieved if you like work hard enough and it's all based on meritocracy and it's clearly not but like these immigrants are getting exploited when they go to the u.s and they don't know that they're getting like taking advantage of it and even they do they have no other way to sustain themselves in the u.s so it's just no no and that's yeah what I was saying like I think in the first episode where I was like I would love to not buy into it I genuinely would like I would love to I don't know take tower lunch breaks and like work at a smaller company and like not make as much money but be okay with it but like I just feel so bad that my mom and my dad like invested in me and I can't give them any returns and it it sucks because I just feel like they've invested in me so I don't I don't want to turn out to be like a disappointment or like someone who couldn't get a job so like we we don't really have like the kind of privilege to just be like it's whatever and it's so funny how it's always like just warriors like like white girls who are like fuck you and like your consumption and how they shit on you for not buying like ethical fashion mm-hmm. like ethical fashion is low-key like so expensive it's also a scheme by the way it is it, it really is it's a marketing situation but like just beyond that the good place has a very good job of mentioning how there's like no ethical consumption under capitalism if you haven't watched the show by the way you really should watch it i i love that show i think it kind of talks about a lot of like heavy issues that are difficult to process in a very like lighthearted manner um but they start off kind of like people are evil like are 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 people like inherently evil or and i think in the middle a bigger theme is like there is no ethical consumption like under capitalism because i remember there was this whole like bit about if you use an iphone like it's bad because the battery is not ethically made and the phone like screen is not ethically made and because you made the choice to purchase this phone you're supporting these like unethical kind of behaviors when in reality like there kind of isn't a really third option for you 
part of it is also like people like judge so hard on what you do and sometimes like it's what you need to do to get by like but I also don't want to talk in defense of like terrible behavior so (laughs) this is difficult that is hard and that's such a good way to see it like there's just no way we can completely be responsible and put the pressure on ourselves because like it is what it is in the states but you know sometimes we are doing the best we can and the best we can may not be you know perfect but I think one like I'd, I'd rather do like take one step towards like the right direction than like not to take any steps at all but so many people white girls who have incredible amounts of privilege kind of want you to be perfect and if you're not perfect like they will bash you but like sometimes people don't have that kind of option and like the need for survival outweighs the need to be like so woke but people kind of don't see it that way I don't think yeah it's kind of like why would I make the sacrifice if you whoever Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos like can make a difference if they just did this one little thing right so I, I don't blame people for not wanting to yeah but I, I also think when people are like Jeff Bezos just like donate whatever his entire wealth and it's like we can all take a little step and that would kind of force him that that's what would force him to um make changes but because we're always just calling on them to make the change and most of us are just like eh, like whatever like our little bubbles eat the fucking rich <laughs> <laughs> They're actually so rich. It's actually a little it's I, I disturbing. Cannot imagine having that much money. Like, what do you even imagine. do with that money? What you? I know what I can do. I can pay for my college tuition. Like, true. God, that that must be like pocket change for them. I know. Like, yeah, I I get that. Like, we can't make much difference, but it does make a difference if you like make a conscious no, I decision. Think taking exactly taking a step is not taking any at all. And I think the good place touched on that how like even though there is no like ethical consumption like you can still be ethical in your own manner like you don't have to conform to like whatever ethical standards like other people have like it's important to have like a set of I don't want to say guidelines but like a set of um how you do things kind of for you that you deem is like acceptable and sometimes that's like okay and good enough in today's world like good that's a good one Thanks. Great job. Great references <laughs> to make this less depressing than it is. <laughs> but seriously, I'm going to plug The Good Place one more time. It's so good. It really is so good. And in the end, like you'll feel all the feels. It's, it's like, I, I, I really liked it, personally. And Damon Dominique's channel. Yes. It's Red Wine Talks all the way. Honestly, like Red Wine Talks is partially, I think, what inspired us to kind of start these kind of conversations like the podcast like in general I think it's so interesting like to see like the French kind of culture and how their like stores close at 1 p.m on Sunday. oh my like, god yeah that's, I think that's worth checking out they have dinners at eight because they have a whole night ahead of them they eat for like four hours I love that I love I, like why don't how we slow do they that? are they are you know like New York is they so are. praised upon it's like hustle 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 but I'm just like can we just slow the fuck down sometimes? Like, why can't I not if, enjoy a glass don't of wine hustle anymore? and eat my baguette and <laughs> just... Like, what if we don't want to anymore? But that's not even an option. Like, have you heard of anyone who's like, I don't... Like, people always say, I don't want to work. 
but like, yo, like you're gonna work. Like we both know you're gonna go work. Oh my god! Speaking of New York again, capitalism. Like Suits. I've been rewatching Suits. My favorite show because oh my god, me too. But there's I just so many suits. problems in that show too that I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more for the storytelling than anything. Yeah, it's just for and, like, Harvey and Donna. The but... Exciting and accurate. <laughs> oh, Harvey and Donna, my OTP. My dog is literally named Harvey because of Harvey Specter. That's so funny. Also, just shows this like desirable image of working men and women earning lots of money in new york it's just not like that i saw like the building where they filmed at no way wait they filmed in toronto oh my god i didn't know that that. no they didn't film in new york the entire show is filmed in canada what yeah a lot of um this is so off topic but a lot of like big productions actually choose to film in like canada vancouver and toronto because it's cheaper and you can that's why they filmed so many things in atlanta too yeah, there's, like, a YouTube video called Vancouver Never Plays Itself, and it shows you, like, all these big, like, blockbuster movies that's supposed to be somewhere else, but it's just Vancouver, and they tell you, like, the locations in Vancouver, and I was like, oh, shit, I've walked by there. I've always wanted to go to the Stranger Things lab at Emory. Uh, oh, my God, me too. I passed by it on a shuttle one time, I'm like, they film here. It's so cool. <laughs> and at work one time, so... At my work, like, company, we have this channel on Slack that's, like, celeb sightings. And they would, because so many people go to ponds, so they, like, they're like, oh, I, like, am so um, desperate to see the guys from Stranger Things here. And one time they saw Randall Park downstairs, like, getting coffee. Hope you enjoy this talk on capitalism. (laughs) I feel like we hit... A lot of we points. did and as usual it was there was a lot of stuff thank you so much for listening and being here we are always so excited to release things every week but also super nervous it's, it's just weird it that people are listening no it's so weird like whenever feli tells me like oh her friends like listened and said like kind words about us um it blows my mind because like to us, I think when we're recording these things, it sounds it's, it's to us we're just rambling. <laughs> we're just yeah, <laughs> and it's crazy. I'm like, who would listen to this? <laughs> God, we rambled again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we just wanted to say thank you if if you listened this far. We appreciate your time. You know how busy you are. Yes, you're amazing. We will don't let the rich see. get to you. <laughs> <laughs> I come back to bed. You know, we'll see you next week for an equally chaotic discussion.